Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Sex Fairy Podcast. I am Dr. Kamal Bhava, and I am here to transform your life. I am an equal opportunity doctor. I am here equally for men and women. I explore multiple issues that affect both sexes. Today I have with me in the studio, Heather Lee, who is also known as the Man Fixer. I also have here my friend Ken, a man I have unsuccessfully tried to fix for many years. Hello, Ken. (laughs) Hello, doctor. All right. So, Heather, let's start with you. Hello, Dr. Sex Fairy. Hello, hello. How did you become the Man Fixer? Uh, well, I'm going to say I slipped, trip, and bust my lip and fell right into it. So that's that's how I wound up here. Um, I have some really strong opinions about the men of the world and how women treat them. I do not feel that uh, women are fair. I think that we they project a lot of their issues uh, on men and are basically destroying the population that we both yearn for and love um, in the process of trying to get them. So I want uh, the men of the world to be happy, confident, charismatic, and uh, not be so affected by the changes of the world in the way that women are coming at them with uh, the emasculating ways that have happened Uh, So I take a stark stance for the men of the world, and I try to fix the problems that they encounter, not necessarily them. So I'm not sure how much I'll be able to help your friend. (laughs) Well, we will figure it out. Well, the two of us will be able to do it. Besides, you know, even if he's unfixable, I still love him, and he's still my friend. So either way, there's hope for him. Is it a fix or is it a tweak? Oh, it's definitely a fix. <laughs> it's definitely a fix. Well, we're see, gonna be here all night. No, no, we're not, because you see, first step, you've already admitted it. So that's yeah. the first step to solving any problem Absolutely. is admitting the is admitting the problem. <laughs> I mean, even if you go to AA, you have to say I am whoever and I'm an alcoholic. Yes. It starts with admission. Yes. So tell me, what are the top three things, in your opinion, that bother men today? The top things that I see, in my uh, humble opinion, are the lack of confidence when uh, dealing with women. Um, they can go out and you know conquer nations, wage war, and they cannot wrangle their emotions. And women are emotional creatures, so I lump that in there together. Um, the second thing is they, the, just their grip on this cycle of fear that they've created in their story. Uh, the fear factor is a mental dialogue in a man's brain, I believe. It's not, if you took the obstacle courses that, that you show as a fear factor and just could attach emotions to those and let men get through them, they would be incredibly easy to do, but men can't digest emotion that way. So um, then the third thing is communication. It's like men are very simple creatures. They speak in bullet points and women bombard them with the information all the time. And then they don't, don't understand why they're not being um, reciprocated or um, spoken to um, or engaged. And it's because they dump women dump. And it's like men are not equipped to, deal with that um, unless they've done a lot of work. So I agree. And I often also find that women make it hard for men in the bedroom with performance. I can see with the pressure. um, I agree with that statement because women put 
a lot of unrealistic expectations on men, most of which they cannot live up to themselves. Um, I have, um, can only address that mess because I was that. (laughs) So, uh, I, you know, 90% and I love the 90% rule because it's, it's a 90, 10 split of your expectation is, uh, you know, and your disappointment comes from expectations that weren't met. So when you have that problem, you know, you try to place that when it, it on on the other person, and women are experts at this. When it should just be a admitted situation of, yeah, maybe I was a little unrealistic in the fact that you are not a plumber and you couldn't redo the sink and you flooded my entire house, but you tried, or you know, just to, for a simple example, you know, women are crazy, but so are the men. They like drama. Everybody likes drama. They do indeed like the drama. So do you know that only 18% of women can orgasm with penetrative sex, but women who aren't orgasming are usually, at least in my experience in my office, blaming the men? I did not know that. 18%. Did you know that, Ken? I did not know that. Yes, because for women, orgasm is an external thing. It's mostly a clitoris issue. Hmm. Now, women can have vaginal orgasms, absolutely, but only 18% statistically can. That is a terrible statistic. Mm-hmm. I do hope that you are helping everyone. I am helping a lot of women. I, I would say, ladies, you need to line up. No wonder y'all are crazy like that. And the men. And it's all your fault. It's all your fault. Clearly. Because Clearly. <laughs> you don't again. know what you're doing. <laughs> so, Ken, what do you think? is the issue between men and women. What do you think are the main issues between what women want and men can give? I actually have no idea. <laughs> you're, you're talking to a man who spent 12 years with, uh, with a woman who thought, uh, you know, I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with, and then boom, six months later, I'm out the door. So there's definitely a communication barrier. There's something going on where she says one thing and my filter said something else and, or understood something else and vice versa. I said something and she understood something else, but, uh, I'm, you kind of caught me off guard on that one. I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Okay. I do apologize. Don't apologize. Those are tough questions, but you know what? That's a very typical answer from a man. Um, when it, when those are asked, because you don't understand what, what the women are saying and vice versa. It is a communication problem and you have to slow down and listen and have the, um, the want to, to be able to understand the other person. There are in some spaces and places people just, they don't care. They just want to have sex and, and make babies and they're chasing this party called a wedding. And, you know, then they get to the other side of it and it's like, well, now what? I call it Mandarella instead of Cinderella. It's like, you guys, it's like, who's Prince Charming? Yeah, and the problem is that unless you're communicating, you're having pretty crappy sex too. Well, people talk about communication, but communication is not just words. It's body language because if your words and your body language aren't matching up, I I could smack you in the face and say I love you all at the same time. So what message does that send? And that's how a lot of things become very tumultuous in a relationship. And again, this is... 100% 100% verifiable from my own experiences. <laughs> so, you know, not the smacking in the faces, but, you know, just all of these, um, these innuendos, ins and out. No, it's a complicated situation. Love is complicated. 
So you know, sad. Men are from, what is that book? Men are from... Venus and Venus women are from Mars. Women are from Venus, men are from Mars. That one, same thing. You know, I, think, I think expectations, uh, what, what, for instance, what I was expected to do in my marriage uh, and what I expected her to do, and I expected us to work as a team, for instance, and very clearly it became uh, a one-man show. And I think a lot of relationships fall for that reason. There's n- the communication just isn't there. Uh, I look at my brother, for instance, him and his beautiful fiance. They've been literally high school sweethearts. He's 28 years old. They've been together since they were 13. They've never been with anybody else, which is weird today. But I'm I'm uh, I'm a little jealous of it because watching them interact with each other is just magic. It's amazing. They're open the communication on everything. And if they're having a bad day, they talk to each other about it. And I don't see that really happening uh, especially in my peer group with, um, you know, the pilot group and the, uh, the military group. You know, we have, a, we have a certain alpha male, for instance, you know, high testosterone and uh, very much the dominant type. We don't talk mm-hmm. about our feelings. We don't talk about your feelings. It's, you know, we're the man. This is how it's done and this is how it needs to be. And I probably fell into that myself when my marriage fell apart. Well, I have a question for you then. How do alpha men like you handle alpha women like me? Uh, whips. <laughs> <laughs> Kinky. <laughs> whips and alcohol, that, that usually helps. So alcohol, giving people the ability to be themselves every single day instead of the facade. And it's like the true you comes out. And um, as one of our dear friends uh, said one day, uh, he said, you know, alcohol is just a catalyst for you to be able to say what you want to say and then have a scapegoat. It's like you didn't say it because of the alcohol. You said what you said with the alcohol. 100%. In vino veritas. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's a fancier way of saying I, I drunk dialed, I drunk text, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. It happens. But, I mean, I just don't understand why people, um, feelings are hard. Feelings are hard, and I, I admire the um, the alpha men of the world. Um, I was married to one, also military, and now I'm divorced from one. And it's like you are right the um, the dictatorship that happened because of the military. Um, I guess the military uh, regiments that you follow that become your life. It's like you're given a task. You're given a mission, you're given directions, and you have a well-orchestrated team that follows those to the letter, to the T, and then you bring that skill set back. And now you're faced with these emotionally volatile creatures called women, and and then your offspring, you know, your little mini-me's that are going to point out all your imperfections for you. So, um, you know, you in they're blowing holes in this beautiful plan that you had, and because you're not, you're dictating and not, you're not going, okay, is this, is this what you need to? Um, cause this is what I wrote on paper, you know, and that kind of communication just doesn't work. No, I agree, but I'll play the devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. I come from a military family and my grandfather was a four-star general mm-hmm. and the gentlest, kindest soul you ever met. He was definitely an alpha male, but he was completely a partner in his relationship with my grandmother. I mean, he would bring her 
tea in the morning. I think that's amazing. And I think there, but the, the part that gets skewed is that you've got, um, you know, obviously other things that uh, are building upon that, you know, you have, um, maybe that, that soldier or whatever that went into the military, maybe he came from a underprivileged family that has an economic impact, you know, from his upbringing, maybe he, uh, didn't have a mother or only had a father or vice versa, you know, it's in, didn't see that, um, that work. So if you go into something like the military with pre-existing conditions, just like anything else you treat, you know, the abandonment, um, you know, low self-esteem, you know, the military just rips you apart and rebuilds you the way they want to. And then that way you're a well-oiled machine, but your grandfather sounds like he had the balance and that is the key is to be able to understand the different roles that you play and be able to split that switch and not be the military man at home. You got to be the father, the husband, the dad, the gardener, the car mechanic, you know, whatever the hat is you need to wear. And he was all of the above. Yeah. So I I don't find that to be the devil's advocate rather than a, a goal for um, a true alpha man who can carry himself in every situation to the right degree. Absolutely. Who can be a badass and, you know, keep us all safe and then come home and, you know, pat the little Tommy on the head and say, love you, do. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story. My grandfather, when we would go on a trip with the family, would count people and luggage. So he would have no missing luggage and no missing grandchildren. Everybody was counted. Are you and sure? everything was counted. Are you sure they didn't write home alone? Based on your childhood, <laughs> I'm just asking. It's quite. I mean, that sounded like a story. Um, anyway, so well, we were all counted, and everything was counted. So life was a little less stressful. Because no one on it, his watch went missing. No one went missing. No. So, since we've been down this military rabbit hole here, um, I wanted to ask: Is do you do any work with um, the PTSD? Because people often associate that with just military, but there's other avenues of life that you know that cause PTSD. Is that do you do you have people that come in and seek any of your stuff for for that? Sexual dysfunction causes PTSD of its own kind. It's very underrated. Makes sense. And when people are unable to perform, it's embarrassing. It's humiliating in some ways to people. And men have such a way of wanting to be the provider, you know, the, you know, that whole caveman thing. They're supposed to sling the woman over their shoulder and take her to the cave and devour her. And here they are, they can't even get it up. That's, that's emasculating. That causes trauma. And when they come in and we are able to help them have those erections, have that sex, have that relationship. Because remember, sex is still essentially about that relationship. We are helping relationships. That helps people on a much deeper level than you might think. Oh, I can see where that could help. I mean, confidence booster all the way across the board. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, you can tell when a man can just confidently walk in a room or a man that cowers. So I I can see, I I didn't ever think about PTSD like that. I just brought it up because you're a doctor and it's military stuff we've been talking about. And I am a military girl. (laughs) And there you go. There you go. So how do I have to know, how do you two know one another? We met in Whole Foods many years ago. Whole Foods. Was she on aisle six? (laughs) 
I don't know. What the hell were we doing, Ken? I don't know. I think I was uh, getting the pork chops and uh, you were going for the ribs. Probably. And ever since then, I've been trying to fix him. Unsuccessfully. 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 Well, but why are you unsuccessfully unfixable with all of this talent here? I he mean, he picks the wrong women. So he, you're not in need of fixing. Your picker needs to be fixed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, his picker needs picker, to be fixed. Picker, not pecker. Picker. Picker needs to be fixed. Maybe you should pick with. We your, haven't discussed your brain his pecker. And not your pecker. And I do not want <laughs> not to discuss his pecker. <laughs> my help. Oh, the man fixer in me. I'm sorry. I'm not really sorry. I'm just a hot mess. There's nothing else I can say. I'm just a hot mess. What does that even mean, though? He picks the same woman over and over again. That's the problem. Maybe this time. Maybe this time. Maybe this time. It's like the B from the B movie. So who are you still dating? Well, at the moment, nobody. Uh, He's starting to date another version of the same woman. I know, but it's like, who's who's the original version? (laughs) Uh, well, the original version uh, ran off with my kids, so uh, I'm, ah. I'm looking for better at this point. But hmm. uh, I do have I do have a stereo I do have a, an avatar that I look for. You know, there's See. a specific region. Although I'm trying to branch out, but it's hard to find uh, my people. I'm Polish, so it's hard to find. My, I beg to differ. My sister's married to a Polish guy. I don't want to hear it. Down here in South Florida, it's kind of hard to find them. At least where I'm at. There's uh, there's some enclaves of them for you are a pilot, sir. You have Thank wings. You. Thank I don't you. want to hear your crap. That is bullshit in a handbasket. Yeah, but you know, after spending all the time flying, the last thing I want to do is come home, pack a bag, and go on another trip. Well, then so. you must not want the real thing. Very and why much. does he need someone Polish? Yeah, it doesn't have to. That's be That's silly talk. See, I mean, I think you can teach her how to make cabbage rolls. I mean. I mean, seriously, you can, you can, but it's not like Bobcha used to make. So it's, it's always a little bit different, but you know, I spent the last 15 years in South America. Why he's unfixable, but he's not unfixable. He's just making a choice and he's creating a dialogue that no one else exists, but the specific little bullet point of a person. Well, that's not exactly that true. That is what you said though. I'm, I'm yeah, trying see? to branch out. I'm trying to branch out, but uh, I don't know. I've just got a crazy magnet. That, uh, that's working overtime. So so go to the theater where you can just act it out and not date it. I think I'm just going to You're rent. the one that brought up the theater in our conversation earlier. I don't That is true. That is true. But You, <laughs> you know, said somebody, you were a good actor. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> you know, back when, when I was in the Marines, a, a wise old gunny gave me the advice, and uh, I wish I had listened to it. But he said, Ken, if she flies, floats, or fornicates, it's cheaper to rent. I wish I just went with that, but I'm a little bit more deep than that too. So I've never been good at that. I don't like those wise words. I think that <laughs> that, that whole rent to own That's process, funny. that is so that funny. is hilarious, but the rent to own process. Oh, is, I don't want to own. It's just cheaper to rent. It's like, you know, that's, but is that what you want to do the rest no. of your life? He's, no. he's but full of shit. You're a real estate guru he's too. Come on. You know that you know the shit. ROI with the right caps. Come on. You just got to pick the right property. That is true. You know, he is a good man. He is a good dad and he's a great friend. And I feel that he wants that in life, but because he's picking the wrong women, he's telling himself, oh, it's okay. I'm not looking for something serious anyway, but that's bullshit. He is. So. Yeah. You can't, you can't have a contradictory measure. This is why you're so confused and you're attracting that chaos. 
That's what that chaos is. Chaos attracts chaos. It does. It well, you does. have to put but out into the world what you want. chaos has to be your Eden if that's what you're doing. You have to find comfort in the storm. And just like you did out on the battlefield, it's the same thing. You just got to apply it to your emotions. That is true. So I'm working on it. And every day is a, every day is a new day. And it is. New opportunity to screw up. Now, see, you got to change your words. You got to get mm-hmm. up and go, today is the day I'm not going to screw something up. This is a man who flies several hundred people at a time in a massive plane, you know, wearing that sexy uniform. Why don't you just try getting up every morning and the first thing that comes out of your mouth, pick a word like, I'm happy. Oh, I do that. It works. Do you? And then I get a coffee and watch the sunrise. And okay, so like, find a different word then. Okay. Um, just say... I'm meeting my soulmate or, you know, you, you're just tweak that morning word. First thing you have got Try to it put for into the universe, days, what you want, days, my friend, 30 days, 30 days. And out of the mouth, the body and the heart and the soul will follow it. I mean, you can make everything you want. It's true. I've watched the secret too. So I know how that works. Well then try it. I've been working on it. Can I tell you I've what a good friend I am? Yes. I was willing to let him have his wedding in my house, in my backyard. Wow. Yes. And I didn't even like her. That's a solid friend right there. She's a solid. Should have listened to your Solid friend. friend. Should have listened to your friend. She was right in the end. Oh, well, we usually are. <laughs> and that's, that's the takeaway, ladies and gentlemen. And cut. women are always right. <laughs> no, women are not always right. Um, but those that you dub your friends typically are because they see through the, the, the BS and, you know, love blinders where you're like, Oh my God, she's so amazing. Wait till I tell you what she did, you know? Yeah. And then it's like, eh. eh, it's like all this work, you know, the Botox fades, the, all this stuff. I mean, it's like, why, why, why are you doing it? Nobody wants to be alone. Nobody wants to be Stop alone. Stop copping out. Absolutely. You're selling yourself short. And in fact, you were asking me about PTSD. So many people are living their second phase, if I may call it that, where they've had the children, they've had the first marriage, they now have the career, they've, they've built that life, but suddenly they find themselves alone. And I think that in many ways is where Ken is. And I see a lot of that in my practice. Now, Ken, thankfully, is not coming to me for that. I don't think we we want to we want to do that separation yeah. of church and state. Yeah, but um, that'll be strictly outpatients anyway. Strictly, um, but anyway, you know what I find is that women are so. Um, I'll have to I have to edit this out. How am I going to say this? Um, how do I say this? I think that when people are starting out in life, confidence is at an all-time low. It doesn't matter that you have achieved career success. It doesn't matter that you have produced little human beings and kept them alive. It doesn't matter. You have failed at a relationship. And that can be so soul-crushing. And things like vaginal issues, erectile issues, all of that is heightened at that point. And I just feel lucky that I can help people get over that, um, that problem of theirs, that it's a very difficult point in their lives. And it's nice to have somebody who can help you with that vaginal issue, who can help you with that erectile issue so that, you know, at least the PTSD of that past relationship. Take one of them away. Yeah, I know, really. But usually, you know, a lot of them come to me together and we are able to help the couple as a whole. 
And that's unique. That's the ideal situation anyway. That's, I mean, I think what you're doing is incredible. I mean, I did, like I said, I've learned so much today. I didn't know all of this existed for both men or women. Oh, yes. And we have barely discussed anything at all. You know, there's vaginal rejuvenation, which is a whole realm all its own. And then there's the men's health part, which is not just even erectile function, but how you feel, your energy levels, the size of your penis even. So it's all of those things. Well, the simple solution, if you have a small penis, is just date small women. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. It doesn't quite work that way, my dear friend. (laughs) I'm like, sounded good to me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm laughing. Yeah. That's that awkward. Ha ha ha. Are we 12? <laughs> well, anyway, great conversation as always. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you, Man Fixer Heather Lee, for being here. Why don't you tell our listeners how they can find you? You can find me on Instagram at theman.fixer. Or you can email me at themanfixer at gmail.com. I am always open to feedback and comments. And if you have anything you want to hear about, let me know. And Captain Ken, I'm sure we will find you flying the friendly skies somewhere. I hope you enjoyed the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast today. I would love to continue this conversation with you. If you would like to get in touch with me, email me at askme at drsexfairy.com. Don't forget to follow this podcast and leave me a five-star review. And make sure you follow my blockbuster hit TikTok account, Dr. Sex Fairy.